0: Hi everybody. This is Strong Christian Female and this is a conversation about the origin of lies, the root of lies, the habit of lies maybe. This is titled uh, in the in the book. It's a section in in the chapter called It All Started with a Man in a Red Suit. And it's from the chapter A Culture of Lying. And basically what we're talking about today is where do lies start? Why? Do they start? Should they continue once they've started? This is a big conversation that we're going to have in a couple of days, but to jump right into this conversation, we're going to read a section, we're going to delve into it, might have a tiny bit of a recap at the end, and then we're going to have a bigger discussion in a few days. And a lot of this just has to do with time. We want to be super respectful of your time. (laughs) I know what it's like to have pretty much no time. So while you're washing dishes or running errands, this is a conversation to chew on, to listen to, to think. Think about, to question, and to get deeper into scripture about. So, let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. I'm your host, Charity, and this is a community of women who want to be warriors for Jesus Christ. We are kicking off the desire to be comfortable and embracing a wholehearted abandonment to Him alone not through legalism, not through works, but through His grace and mercy. We're going to overcome the lies of this culture and replace them with the eternal truth of God's Word. So, whether you're a student, a stay-at-home mom, a grandma, an entrepreneur, whether you're new to the walk of Christianity or a veteran spiritual warrior, you are welcome here. Let's get started. All right, so again, this is the section of the chapter. A culture of lying. And man, ain't that the truth? We have created a culture of lying, whether it's marketing, advertising, whether it's the news. I'm sorry. I don't care what news you listen to. If you're on one of the major networks, you're getting lied to on a regular basis. You're getting gaslit. You guys, I work in media. I have for almost 30 years professionally. Um, I've worked since I was a teenager. Uh-uh, truly. And I've written, I've been on both sides of the camera I've produced. And I'm here to tell you, I see things on the news all the time. That is literally, it, it, it sways from the worst acting I've ever seen to dang, that was really good acting. Totally untrue, mind you, but, but really good acting. You, guys, I've watched live feeds of events, the entire live feed. So what I mean by that is from start to finish live, no interruptions, no editing, no commercials. I've watched it and then I've seen what is reported about it. And it's absolutely, it's an- there's no denying it's a lie. So I'm, a f- I'm sorry to tell you, but our laziness as humans, including myself, has created a culture that is a free for all of lying because we don't want to hear it. We just don't want to hear the truth about abortion. We don't want to hear the truth about any politician. We don't want to hear the truth about pastors. We don't want to hear the truth about all of these people we've put on pedestals of celebrities. We don't want to hear the truth about a lot of things. So instead, we take these micro bites or we just put our head in the sand and go, I don't care. God's got it. And God does got it but he's asking us to engage in it and fight the battle that is against the little G God of this world, Satan, as the Bible calls him. He's the father of lies. He's a prince of lies. So when we ignore lies and we don't stand up to them, we are giving into his agenda. He is a thief who has come to kill, to steal and to destroy. And one of the biggest ways he's doing that today is just blatant lies. And it's dividing the body of Christ. See, this isn't a people pleasing podcast. I'm not here to make you feel good about things that aren't true. I'm here to work with you side by side, sisters in Christ, to build a firm foundation in your life of truth so that when lies come your way, you see them. See, once again, you don't have to know what every single lie is out there. You just have to know what the truth is and that lie will stand out. And that's what we're here for. So let's get started. We're going to jump in. I I always say, let's get started, but let's do it. Let's make something happen. Because you guys, we're living in a world right now that is being torn apart by lies. And it feels like the enemy's winning this one. Not only does God win the eternal battle, I mean, that's already been said, he's, he's got this, but we're winning this battle right now, which is why Satan is thrashing. He is truly trying to destroy our country. If it's not through murdering almost a million babies a year, it will be through the division And turmoil of what he's doing in people's minds and hearts and relationships right now. But we need to seek Jesus Christ in all we do, how we love people, how we engage in conversations, and how we seek eternal truth, not temporary, false, adjective-laden, deceptive schemes of the enemy. And again, I'm here to tell you, I hear people even on the news, they're like, I heard that. That's what happened. I'm like, yeah, but it was completely taken out of context. So remember, context matters when you're reading the word. So when we get into the word uh, in a couple of days and really delve deeper into this, we're not going to be pulling things out of context either. So keep that in mind, context, while you listen to this. Very quick side note. I use real life events in my life and i use them as a backdrop to springboard into god's truth i do talk about santa today um i i need you to to hear past Santa if you're if you're someone who's a diehard Santa person, I love the legend of St. Nicholas, I love the truth of St. Nicholas, but if you are a diehard Santa person, if you are elf on the shelf, if you are one of these people that this is a tradition in your family, please push past the metaphor I'm using today, the true story I'm using today and still hear God's word because it is there is a lot of good truth here. But don't get offended if I focus in on something that you hold dear as a tradition in your family. I don't, I don't want to break up and I don't want you to maybe miss the point because you're wrestling with if you think this is okay or not. We're going to, trust me, we're going to just push through that. And we are centering a lot on kids today. But again, stick with it because it ties into adulthood. So we talk about kids a lot, but it ties into adulthood and how our childhoods might have set us up to accept a culture of lying. And again, that's the bigger, the, the bigger picture we're going for. And it seems silly that I'm saying this up front, I know, but maybe after you listen to the podcast, you'll get why I'm preparing your hearts. So um, I'm being a little, a little silly right now, but I am also being honest. Okay, here we go. It all started with a man in a red suit. When I was a child, my mother told me that Santa wasn't real. Unlike the millions of other children around the world who were leaving cookies for a jolly, or in some cultures, not so jolly man, my mom wanted to make sure that I knew Christmas was all about Jesus and nothing else. Now, don't get me wrong, I didn't mind knowing the truth. I mean, I still got presents and had really great family get-togethers complete with an array of pies and cakes and delicious delights, but if I'm really honest, I did feel left out a bit from what my friends were experiencing. While other kids were talking about Santa and reindeer and chimneys, I sat proverbially benched out of the main Christmas game. Just me and my brother. Weirdos who weren't allowed to embrace the idea of the big red-cheeked jelly belly man. Now, I'd be the first to admit that at the time, that feeling of being left out was melancholy at best. I didn't relish it, and I didn't see it in any way as a gift teaching me resilience. However, Now I realize that it was the beginning of a standard set in my life, which I would continue until this day. It was the idea of being told the truth rather than a lie. In other words, don't baby me. Tell it to me straight. I've never been the type of person who enjoys being patronized. I don't enjoy when people talk down to me in overly simple words or higher voices because they think I'm not bright enough to understand the message they're delivering. I should probably credit my mother for this one in some ways. She was almost never soft in the way she delivered things. And like at her lumpet, what I could always count on was that she wasn't going to lie to you. Not intentionally anyway. Because of that, I never lived in a world that was intentionally full of delusions, especially when it came to spiritual matters. My mom did not shy away from teaching me moral or ethical truth just because of my age. And although her delivery was often imperfect, I did have a clear delineation shown to me in life of what was right and true and what was wrong and the deceit of the enemy. And this is what God's truth does. It clarifies, simplifies, and identifies. It makes clear what God is doing. It simplifies the gospel. It identifies him and therefore what is not him, the enemy. Truth is not given to take away the joy of life, but it helps us understand how to attain true joy, lasting joy, foundational joy. It creates freedom from lies in our culture in this world and plunges us headfirst into the reality of the peace that Jesus died on the cross to give us. Truth truly is the greatest way to avoid the shackles of this world and keep us in freedom with Christ. So with this in mind, why are so many children lied to by the adults in their life? Now, if you're a parent or you've ever interacted with children in more than a casual capacity, you know firsthand that delivering hard truths to children can feel like a landmine. And although there are ways to do it without being patronizing or condescending, many people just avoid it altogether. Some do it because they feel it will take too much time to explain complicated adult matters. Others don't feel like children need to know complicated issues or theological topics. Still others make excuses to tell them truth because of age or because they think it will make the child sad or mad or confused or one of the other myriad of adult emotions we don't want them to feel. And kids should be kids. So all of those adult emotions should be avoided, which brings me to the reason most people I know shy away from telling truth to kids, to avoid hurting the child's feelings Now, I'm not going to go into a full thesis on why feelings should not dominate our decision making, although it's neither biblical nor is it helping our culture in any way. We must understand that avoiding truth to spare feelings is ultimately a form of lying. And even though we don't want our children to know the heaviness and darkness that truly is in this world, and that's appropriate to guard their heart, we don't want to get in the habit of lying to them either. It carries us into adulthood, and that is wrong. I love the way Lisa Bevere says, truth with no love is harsh, but love with no truth is a lie. Some parents want their children to live the best life, which often means to live in a fairy tale land, not only when they're reading books, but when they're awake. Pure joy, pure happiness, pure everything happy all the time is to some the way childhood is meant to be lived. And I've found that this is a fallacy. I've seen these children grow up. I've seen them crippled as adults. It can lead to a very upsetting unraveling for that child when they're older and they actually have to face the truth of relationships, their walk with God and the real world, the fallen world full of broken people who do broken things. Now, I realize that there are both good and bad things about being told the truth as a child. For one, truth can be harsh, very harsh, even if you're delivering the truth in the nicest way possible like the day my dad explained to me that my oldest brother was never coming back to us. I was attending my brother's funeral, very unsure of what was happening. When my dad had to take the time to explain to me and my other brother that our oldest brother wasn't going to be coming home with us, that fancy box he was lying in wasn't something he could just get up and leave. My dad told us the weight of the situation with all the eloquence and kindness I'm sure he could possibly muster. But hearing that reality was something no one could keep from causing pain. That type of news is the deepest kind of harsh word anyone can ever hear. No matter how much you try, there is no happy ending at the end of that story. However, if he'd lied to me, or assumed I didn't understand, or brushed off my questions, or ignored me, rather than try to explain to me what was really happening the best way a grieving father could, that would have been much crueler. I would have distanced myself from him, perhaps for years. And a world without a loving father is a hard world to endure. Instead, my dad did his best to find words of explanation and honesty. He talked to me and my brother with love, and it settled my confused mind. Which brings up another key point in truth-telling. You must deliver the truth in love. The way in which information is given, the tone, the clear intent of the information giver, it can change the way in which a child or anyone hears things. So even if what you're being told isn't terribly difficult, how that information is delivered may devastate your heart if it's laden with sarcasm, cynicism, or judgment. Let's face it, there's a lot of people in our lives that don't have the tact or wherewithal to deliver a message kindly. And in some ways, that's why a lot of people don't like truth. People have been delivered truth in a tone that sliced their heart. And they don't want a fillet knife used to serve up truth anymore. And they don't want to do the same to others. So they shy away from knowing the truth and often from delivering truth and instead desire a life full of denial, shallow interactions and whimsy. They see it as being childlike and carefree, being a dreamer. But in reality, they are essentially stuck in a reality that does not exist. Flimsy, lacking fortitude and perceiving the world around them as against them or cruel or not worthy of taking part in. Some may suffer from anger or self-destructive behaviors. Others might retreat into a world where they are a chronic victim and feel as if everyone is against them and their perfect world they're trying to create and maintain. So, now what? How are we going to embrace truth even when it disappoints us or the people in our lives or our own children? Do we decide to be truth bearers and risk taking away some of what the world has deemed the fantasticalness of childhood? Do we reject truth, embrace whimsy, and say that life's hard enough Just let people live the way they want if they're happy. Where's the balance? The balance of all life is found in God's Word. The balance comes in telling the truth to our kids and those around us by giving the living hope we have in Jesus Christ rather than a fantasy to walk us through life and give us anchor points for our pain. There is a great difference between a life infused with true joy, hope, kindness, and unconditional love and a life full of fantasy, false hope, and illusion, all anchored in our emotions. Which life do you want to live? Which life do you want your children to understand how to live? And which one is Christ calling you to live? Ladies, that is where we're at. The society that we live in, this fantastical, bizarre world, whether it's the news, which is emotionally driving us to anger or to be upset all the time. You know, first of all, if it's making you upset all the time, good night, turn it off. That is not the peace of God. If you've lost your peace and you start to whirl in fear, then you need to stop and get in God's word. You need to get off social media. You need to get off the news. You need to get off a podcast And you need to be anchored in God's word. God's word is not a roaring sea of absolute turmoil tossing us to and fro. That is the world's game. And the world's game is going to do one of two things make you very upset in some capacity all the time, or it's going to want you to shut out and retreat and be immature to avoid the things of this world in the sense that you don't want to grow up because you're going to have to deal with these things. But God's word beckons you not only to grow up emotionally, but spiritually. It is preparing you for a battle that has been going on since the dawn of man. It is sharpening your tools day by day and putting on your armor this is not a time to back down and go well what are you gonna do you know how many people i know shrug their shoulders and just check out they don't want to get involved in conversations they don't want to get involved in political issues now i'm not saying picking fights that's not what we're doing at all here but they don't even want to display their opinions on what god so clearly has opinions at like abortion like human trafficking like the way in which we are to identify ourselves as a male and female. People do not want to have these conversations because wherever they go, they're being screamed at. And I'm here to tell you that is just, that's not, that is not how God wants it to be. You should not seek animosity, but at the same time, you cannot retreat from conversations because they make you uncomfortable. And yes, in this particular section of a chapter, I'm talking a lot about kids. But I want to ask you this question. Was your childhood foundation laid in lies. And I don't mean imagination. I mean lies. Were you lied to a lot as a kid? And it might have been for 100% good reasons, in the sense that someone was maybe trying to shelter you. And I don't mean they were protecting you from someone abusive, or they were doing like, obviously, that is a different level we're talking about there. I'm talking about was your childhood full of of, an, of this illusion that there's nothing bad ever going to happen to you, all your dreams are going to come true, there's no opposition to what you want to do in life, because if that is how it is, then the real world can feel real harsh. Now, do I believe God can supernaturally move us into positions that he's called us to? Absolutely. Do I believe that he gives us passions for a reason? Yes, But I also have seen him take those passions that you're still passionate about and take them out of your life to reprioritize it. And if we don't, if we're not anchored in his truth, that can feel like we're in trouble, right? Because daddy just took something away from me. Or it could feel unloving. Or it could feel like your world is peeling apart because you had all these plans and now they're not going the way you expected. So these next like 24 to 48 hours before we really delve deeper into this concept I would challenge you to ask yourself if there are lies in your life that you are perpetuating and maybe someone else put them put them there in in all the goodness of their heart. They put them there maybe to protect you even or to let you be a kid. Oh, come on. Life's hard enough. Let them think this for a while. And then, you know, you turned 18, 25, 30, and you're still kind of there. Are there things that you need to get out of your life because you've bought this lie, because the real world is hard. (laughs) Following Jesus is hard. Following Jesus is not a get out of jail free card. We don't get to walk through life and do whatever we want when we want and then die. And and we're like, here's my get out of jail free card. Nor do we get to walk through life with Jesus, serving him and get out of pain. That is not a promise Christ made to us. So where are the lies that maybe you've, you've had in your life and ask God to wrestle through those with you in these coming days, because we don't want to live a life of delusion. We want to live a life with our eyes wide open, doing what God has called us to do with the peace of God at our side and the armor of God all over us. We are not called to be passive, delusional, or to live in a life of fantasy. We are called to live very much in the present world, which includes the spirit realm. And that is not a rabbit trail I'm going down, but ladies, we've got to peel the lies out of our lives. Man, I hope that uh, people don't stop listening to me because I just told them to not lie to their kids um, because some people <laughs> some people won't get mad at me. Um, they think this is mean. It's mean to tell your kids that Santa's not real. That's, I'm really please, let's not make that a thing. I just want to set that up to say for some of us, we've always had so many lies in our lives. We are still living there. And it's time for us to grow up. That's really what I'm trying to say. But I also think that our culture does perpetuate lies. And we've got to decide what that looks like for us. And, and, you know, As with all things, pray about it. There's literally not a scripture that says, Thou shalt not believe in Santa Claus. But I do think that God does say to raise our children up in the way we should go. Um, And I probably have some really good friends listening to this. Probably a little annoyed with me right now. It's just an opinion um, about Santa but uh, I think we can still be friends even if we don't agree on that okay and by the way uh, we always told our kids about the legend of Santa Claus coming from Saint Nicholas that he was a real guy but he's no longer a real guy it's just a legend Um, and you know some people still think he's you know pretend he's real because it's tradition and I still had two of my kids uh, believe in Santa Claus for a long time Uh, one in particular till he was oh basically seven so I you know we told him the truth and he still believed in it. So I'm not here to say kids, kids aren't Christians if they believe in Santa or anything strange like that. I'm just, um, I'm just here giving you a piece of my life as a reflection point for bigger, deeper things. Okay. Just had to put that in there because I don't want our relationship to end over Santa Claus. Okay, ladies, until next time.